Who is going to step up to fill the shoes of Avery Williams as the Falcons' main punt returner? You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, a.k.a. Sirius Black, and, of course, the very humble host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, or daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And when you enter the promo code locked on NFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. And guys, we thank you for making this illustrious podcast your first listen each and every day. Shout out to the everydayers out there. And of course, make sure you follow their blueprint by subscribing or following for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So today's episode, I am not wearing my glasses. I don't know why. I just took them off to record this episode. So you get the rare glimpse of how my eyes look weird uh, without my glasses off. But also you'll get my thoughts on Avery Williams' season-ending injury. We'll also talk about Jalen Mayfield making the move uh, to right tackle and how that sort of shakes up the competition for depth pieces on the offensive line, swing tackle, all that and more. And we'll also talk about the recent addition of Carlos Davis and how he is a welcome addition because he gives the Falcons maybe some Eddie Goldman insurance in the event that Eddie Goldman decides he doesn't want to play football again this upcoming season. So we'll see how that goes. But let's first talk about the loss of Avery Williams, who tore his ACL earlier this week and will miss uh, this upcoming season and obviously this is a devastating blow to the Falcons special teams and as our guest on yesterday's episode Fleek tried to recall you know Avery Williams did lead the NFL in punt return average or average yards per punt return last year with 16.2 and we'll talk a little bit more about how the Falcons look to replace Avery Williams as that punt returner but let's talk a little bit about the other ways that Avery Williams impacted this team especially on offense and we know that the Falcons originally drafted Avery Williams out of Boise State in 2021 as a cornerback he spent one year at that position before making the move to running back and even though he didn't get a ton of work at on offense last year when he did he was an effective player he averaging five yards a carry had a healthy success rate of about 45 percent had 13 catches had as many catches as you know Demir Byrne and Kadero Hodge did full-time wide receivers and that was the interesting thing about Avery Williams was we spend so much time talking about positionless football with, you know, John o. Smith and B. John Robinson and Cordero Patterson. But Avery Williams was also in the mix there. About 35% of his snaps last year did come split out wide as a wide receiver or in the slot, which is about the same percentage that Cordero Patterson had in 2021 when he was the quote unquote uh, positionless player. And, you know, because of the presence of B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier and all those guys, it felt like to me that we might have seen more of Avery Williams at the wide receiver position. Uh, and maybe, you know, 40, 50 
or more percent of his snaps this year could have come in that wide receiver position. So I do think losing him does open up some opportunities, not only for guys to make a name for themselves at the running back position, but also at the wide receiver position. So we'll have to see how that goes. The other area that I think is worth noting with Avery Williams losing him for the season is I was hoping this year we would finally get to see him as a full-time player on the punt coverage team. Right, We've seen him get opportunities there. He's made plays. He's been a gunner. He's been a personal protector. I figured that one of those three spots, you could pencil him in. We just haven't seen him as a full-time player there. And unfortunately, we won't again this season. Um, and, you know, it's notable to me because when we talk about guys making a name for themselves on special teams, it's really kind of in part due to the continuing the league, you know, passing their new rule about fair catches on kickoffs the league is doing their best to eliminate the kickoff from the game. And so when we talk about players carving out roles on special teams, coverage units, we're really, again, kind of just talking about the punk coverage unit. And obviously with Avery Williams losing um, him as a punt return is also a significant blow because that is a way that a player like him can make an impact on special teams as a returner again because the kickoff returns although we'll talk probably a little bit later this summer about how Cordero Patterson is probably one of the handful of guys that will be allowed to return kickoffs that are punted inside the five uh, rather than fair catch them like other teams may push their guys to do but you know we heard Arthur Smith earlier this week mention four players by name as potential replacements for Avery Williams and so that's notable to me those players were Penny Hart Mike Hughes, D. Alford, and Josh Ali, right? And we heard some reports that Bijan was getting some practice reps as well as some other players at the punt return. I, you know, until we see more of that closer to training camp, I, I'm not going to put too much stock in that at this point in time. So I would imagine those four guys, Hart, Hughes, Alford, and Ali, are the internal candidates. Uh, Hughes is the only one of that group and really the only guy on this roster other than Avery Williams. Uh, that has any NFL experience as a punt returner. He did return punts for the Vikings in 2019. He was a very effective punt returner at the Juco level and at UCF in college. Hart was notable simply because back in 2019 when he went undrafted um, because of a very bad pro day, I thought prior to that pro day that he was going to be the Falcons draft pick because I knew the Falcons wanted to draft a returner. They did not draft Penny Hart. and They wound up drafting Marcus Green. They didn't wind up uh, keeping Marcus Green, you know, he didn't make the roster, but it would be interesting to see if, you know, it comes full circle and Penny Hart does wind up winning that uh, return specialist. D. Alford was a very productive uh, punt returner at the Division II level. Josh Ali returned punts at Kentucky, which I'm sure many people would be surprised to know that while his time at Kentucky overlapped with guys like Lynn Bowden Jr. and um, Wandell Robinson, it was actually Ali that was the uh, Wildcats' primary punt returner. So that kind of speaks that he was able to, you know, do more than those guys there. So that may make him a sort of sleeper candidate. So, you know, obviously we assume Hughes and Alford are probably going to stick on this roster uh, for their defensive roles. So, you know, that would allow the Falcons, if they wind up winning, either one of those guys wind up winning the punt return job, that would allow the Falcons to sort of, you know, open up another roster spot for another player elsewhere. But, you know, guys like Hart and Ali, specifically can make the roster because of their punt return jobs uh, if they win the punt return job. So that will be something to keep an eye on later this summer. I, of course, have to mention, because it is part of my brand now, that Hunter Renfro, 
a, a uh, player that has also extensive punt return experience. So if the Falcons wanted to make that trade, you know, th- that would potentially solve that problem. So if, you know, if you were playing the drinking game of how is Aaron going to shoehorn Hunter Renfro or Corey Davis into today's episode, go ahead and take your drink. Um, you know, another name I think worth mentioning, because, you know, again, we we talk a lot about you know, like possibilities and roster moves that the Falcons may make later this summer, especially at the wide receiver position, you know, Khalif Raymond might now go on the short list of potential Falcons wide receiver trades or, or, or whatever that they may make, you know, come August because Raymond did play for Arthur Smith in Tennessee at the wide receiver. He's now with the Detroit lions. He's been the lions punt returner the last couple of years. Um, another burner type of player where we talk about adding more speed and explosiveness to this offense. And, you know, for now, because of Jamin, Jamison Williams suspension, he's going to be the number four wide receiver in Detroit. But as soon as Jamison Williams comes back, he'll probably drop to the fifth wide receiver and be solely a special teams guy. And so I could imagine the Falcons maybe giving the Lions a call and saying, hey, you know what? You want to save three point five million dollars against your salary cap by trading, um, you know, Khalif Raymond, you know, come August or, or whatever. You know, the Lions don't necessarily need a cap space, but, you know, they certainly could use another day three pick or something like that. So that may be a phone call that the Falcons wind up making. But I think similar to the wide receiver position that we've been talking about uh, ad nauseum on this podcast for the last couple of weeks, you know, I, I don't expect the Falcons to panic at the punt return position. I think they'll probably give, you know, these four guys, Hart, Hughes, Alford and Ali you know, an opportunity to show if they can do the job early in training camp. And if not, then they may decide to make a move, you know, by the end of August or something like that to bring in somebody else into the building that has at least a little bit more experience uh, in that role. But we'll just sort of have to see how that goes for the Falcons. Another position that we've been talking about a lot in terms of the Falcons needing to potentially add more help at, maybe they have an internal candidate and that is Jalen Mayfield who is moving back to right tackle. And we'll talk about whether or not that helps or hurts his chances of sticking on the roster as we continue today's locked on Falcons. But first guys, I want to tell you about bird dogs who bird dogs who provide a super bowl, comfortable set of pants, shorts, or sweats, They have a stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you that truly sculpted look. I know some of you guys aren't skipping leg day, and so you want to show off your gains. And so Bird Dogs is the thing for you because they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restrictive cotton. Bird Dogs has invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they also have anti-stink sweating sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long and of course this summer you guys are going to need it we all need it uh and i have my own pair of bird dogs and i also like their built-in liners right that keeps everything and i mean everything guys nice snug and cozy so try them yourself by going to birddogs.com slash locked on nfl and enter the promo code locked on nfl for free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So, you know, another thing that kind of emerged out of OTAs this past week is, you know, Jalen Mayfield continues to get more work at the right tackle position instead of left guard. And, you know, my response to that is good luck with that. Right? Uh, you know, every day is no that going back to when we selected Jalen Mayfield back in 2021, I didn't really think he could hold up any NFL right tackle. We did get to see a glimpse of him 
in like a preseason game back in 2021 at that right tackle position. He really struggled at that position. Now, obviously, he went on to struggle quite a bit at the left guard position. So I know some people will say, hey, it made no difference, right? Um, and I know a lot of people put his struggles at that left guard position mainly because he was playing out of position, which certainly was a contributing factor to it, you know, tr- playing a brand new position that you've had three weeks of practice work at going into the season is probably not setting you up for success. But I also don't think the idea that some people have been pushing since then that, Oh, if you just move Jalen Mayfield back to right tackle, he'll be good again. I, again, I, I don't think he has a skill set to play tackle in the NFL, but we'll see how that goes. And, you know, again, maybe this does help his chances of making the roster, um, you know, then sticking at left guard, you know, it, it does sound like the Falcons are willing to give Javon Gwynn a very long look as a backup center. And that will allow them to keep Matt Hennessy at left guard so that he can, you know, push uh, Matthew Bergeron or at least keep the spot warm until Matthew Bergeron is ready to go. You also are hoping for year two growth from Justin Schaefer, who we talked about last year while I wasn't the highest on at least theoretically all the things that you liked about Jalen Mayfield theoretically you probably liked a little bit more about Justin Schaefer he's a slightly better athlete uh certainly played with a little bit more mean streak than I thought Jalen Mayfield uh did at Michigan you know it wasn't that Jalen Mayfield didn't play with a mean streak but you know when we talk about a guy that is actually mean Justin Schaefer does fit that type of of a guy that wants to go out there and, and beat people up on a football field and, and, and commit legal assault on players on the football field. That's that more describes Justin Schaefer than to me, Jalen Mayfield in that regard. And so you look at that and you say, okay, the Falcons seem to be fine on their interior offensive line from a depth standpoint. So I don't really need Jalen Mayfield, but they certainly could use some more to help at the offensive tackle position. We talked about this not too long ago about how the Falcons may be looking, you know, down South to Miami to uh, potential, you know, pick up some guys off of their waiver wire later this summer uh, to, add some more experience in that offensive tackle room. But you look at the current group the Falcons have, they have less than 70 combined snaps in the NFL during the regular season between Ethan Greenidge, Josh Miles, Barry Wesley, and Tyler Vrabel at that offensive tackle position. Now, obviously, Jalen Mayfield, because outside of a couple of preseason snaps, doesn't isn't adding a whole lot more to that. But, you know, it was notable that last week when Jake Matthews was skipping the voluntary workouts, it was Ethan Greenidge getting, you know, the first team reps at left tackle from what I could see. Now, Arthur Smith, of course, is quick to say that, you know, no jobs are won or lost in June as opposed to later in the summer. But, you know, Greenidge is the most experienced of this group uh, with 47 career regular season snaps at the tackle position. So he is the quote unquote veteran of that group with basically one game's worth of playing time. Um, so we'll see what Mayfield can add to that offensive tackle group. You know, again, the issue that he's going to deal with, the same issue that to me led to Jermaine Effetti's demise here in Atlanta is not having that experience playing left tackle right now. Maybe you can say, um, you know, because he played time at left guard, that transition to left tackle would not be as significant as it would be had it been, you know, two years ago when, when he had only played right tackle at Michigan, but, you know, the whole point of having a swing tackle is having a guy that's ready to play either left or right tackle. And to me, Mayfield compared to some of these other uh, inexperienced tackles is behind eight ball, right? Greenidge and Miles both have, you know, preseason and not necessarily regular season experience playing on left and right tackle in the NFL. Barry Wesley played on both sides in college uh, and Tyler Vrabel also played both sides of the line in college. So it seems like to me, you know, it's hard for me to see Mayfield really, making any 
waves at the tackle position, but again, maybe this is better for him because that's a position that he's a little bit more comfortable with that right tackle spot. So we'll see how it all goes. You know, I had Mayfield making my 53 man roster when I was projecting it at the beginning of May. If I was updating that today, I would probably swap him out for Jovan Gwynn and, and have Gwynn as that ninth offensive lineman as opposed to Eddie Mayfield. So we'll see how that develops and we'll see, you know, what's left for uh, Jalen Mayfield, you know, later this summer. But, uh, you know, things aren't to me seeing him move to right tackle, maybe music to some people's ears and it's like, oh, that helps his chances. I guess, you know, there's like a 12 percent chance, greater chance he makes the roster as a right tackle than he does as a left guard, maybe. Um, but for me, I, it's not really moving the needle. It's just basically, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with, with Jalen Mayfield and we'll see what he does later this summer, you know, after missing most of last year with a back injury. So that will be something to keep an eye on come training camp. Another position on the opposite side of the ball, you know, some of the guys that may be going up against Jalen Mayfield and some of these other interior players is a new addition to the Falcons in Carlos Davis. We'll talk about how he could be a nice insurance policy in the event that Eddie Goldman decides that he still doesn't want to play football for the Atlanta Falcons. And we'll break that down as we wrap up today's Locked on Falcons, guys. But before we get there, I want to give another shout out to my everydayers that tune in each and every day on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for those of you that are looking forward to next week's content and we'll be tuning in to Locked on Falcons as your first listen, then we will be getting to the DeMarco Hellams and Jovan Gwynn breakdowns at some point next week. I don't know exactly which days. So probably right now, probably Hellams will be maybe like Tuesday or Wednesday and then Gwynn by the end of the week on Thursday or Friday or something like that. So that's my plan, but we'll, we'll play it by ear. And of course, we got mandatory minicamp as well next week. So that will be other topics that we will be discussing as your first listen on Locked on Falcons. So wrapping up today's Locked on Falcons, and let's talk about the most recent roster move that the Falcons made earlier this week, uh, bringing in defensive tackle Carlos Davis and cutting Jalen Dalton uh, to make room for him. And we thought because Dalton had played for several years under Ryan Nielsen, at least on the Saints practice squad, uh, that that might give him a leg up in you know some of the competition, although it did seem like he was a long shot to make the roster. But certainly when it came to the practice squad, um, you know, of course, that, that proved not to be the case with him being released this week. Uh, and Davis is interesting because he's more of a nose tackle and he, you know, he spent three years with the Steelers, didn't get a ton of playing time uh, last year, spent most of his time on the Steelers practice squad, but did get to play in one game last year against the Eagles. And I believe had his first career sack on a cleanup play against Jalen Hart. So that's notable. And I think the value of Carlos Davis is that he's more of that nose tackle having played there in the Steelers three, four defense. And that gives the Falcons, a little bit of insurance behind Eddie Goldman because we don't quite know what Eddie Goldman's going to be, right? Now, I've been projecting with the Falcons probably playing more 4-3 under fronts with their base defense, which is more of a 4-3 hybrid 3-4 defense that has a one-technique nose tackle as opposed to a zero-technique nose tackle in your classic 3-4 defense. And that one-tech is a guy that lines up shaded over the center's outside shoulder, lines up in the A-gap. I've been projecting Grady Jarrett to to be the Falcons' primary guy there, although you know that's predominantly where Grady Jarrett spent his early portion of his career, the first three years of his NFL career, primarily playing that sort of one-tech nose tackle spot. He spent a good chunk of last year playing that role after the Falcons cut Anthony Rush uh, until down the stretch they started giving Abdullah Anderson some of those reps. But you know, my guess 
again, we'll see what Brian Nielsen in, in the hybrid fronts and the multiple fronts and all the various things that the Falcons are going to bring to the table this year. But my guess is that, you know, you might see Eddie Goldman get a lot of the base down snaps playing that nose tackle spot, either three, four or four, three. Uh, and then, you know, Grady Jarrett would be the primary pass rushing guy. But, you know, when the uh, when he's out there in the, in the base defense uh, on early downs, which you'll see quite a bit of Grady Jarrett, you know, he'll probably play a lot of a one tech. Although, again, you know, because the Falcons play a multiple front, we can't necessarily say this role is what the player is going to play every single snap, right? The guys are going to move around. The guys are going to be utilized in different ways in this multiple front defense. But we're talking about where guys may get a significant portion of their playing time playing a specific role or whatever. And I, that's what I think for Grady Jarrett and Eddie Goldman. But it's important to bring in a player like Davis because we don't really know what Eddie Goldman's status is. Eddie Goldman's really the only quote unquote true nose tackle. Again, Grady will get reps there, but Grady's not what I think most of us would consider a true nose tackle, even though he has plenty of experience there, just like David Onyemata does as well. But, you know, we haven't really seen Eddie Goldman play meaningful football since 2019, right? Like that was the last year he had, he had in Chicago of, of playing at a high level. Then he opted out. <coughs> Sorry. Then he opted out of 2020 due to COVID and then came back in 2021 and just kind of looked like a shell of his former self. Most of the Bears fans I talked to in the lead up, you know, after that season were like, yeah, he didn't look like he was interested in playing football. So we were expecting him to retire. It sounded like that. And then he signed with the Falcons late in the summer, lasted 12 days with the Falcons before actually uh, doing the thing that Bears fans thought he would do in, in retiring. Uh, but then this past March decided he wants to come back. Right. And so if we can get Eddie Goldman back at that 2019 level, that would be great for the Falcons and a real boost for the back end of the rotation, because Eddie Goldman, you know, we talked about this last summer when we signed him and, and why I was so high on the move, at least for those 12 days or whatever it was, um, was because, you know, Eddie Goldman's that rare three down nose tackle, right? That nose tackle that isn't just a run defender, but also can give you valuable snaps on passing downs. Um, now that's what he was for the bulk of his career in Chicago. Is he still that player that remains to be seen? Now, if he's like 60% of that player, 70% of that player still, that's still going to be hugely valuable to the Falcons in their rotation. If he's less than that, not, you know, I don't know if that's going to be super valuable to the Falcons. I mean, you know, it's not going to hurt, but like, you know, it's just not going to add a whole lot that the Falcons couldn't get, you know, from a quote unquote replacement level player or something like that. And so to me, what Davis brings is it gives you an insurance policy, right? In the event that we get to this summer and Eddie Goldman decides, you know what? He's going to pull a, a Lance Moore. He's going to pull a parade, Jerry, a Charles Godfrey. We've seen this a couple of times now over the last decade here in Atlanta, where we get to that first week of, of training camp and you, that humidity hits you, that Georgia heat hits you. And you're like, you know what? My heart's not in football anymore, right? We've seen that humidity just, you know, suck out, uh, as they say, the resolve of players, the, the their commitment to football. Uh, and so you, you do, you're a little bit worried about that. And if that is the case, then the Falcons have a glaring void at, void at that nose tackle because, again, Grady Jarrett is not, I wouldn't say, a natural at that role. And that's, we'd be miscasting Grady Jarrett playing all the snaps at one tech, right? You'd be overutilizing, be taking all these double teams. It wouldn't be the best way to utilize Grady Jarrett. Same thing with David Onyemata. You know, I don't think Timmy Horn showed last year that he's ideally suited for that role either. So, like, the Falcons don't have that nose tackle that can be that guy, at the very least, 
keep Grady Jarrett fresh on rundowns, right? We talked about this with Zach Harrison doing the same thing for Calais Campbell. Like, we need that guy. Eddie Goldman is a really good version of that guy. But if he's not around, who's going to be that guy? And I think Carlos Davis, at least theoretically, because unlike, say, other guys that are more quote-unquote camp bodies, because Carlos Davis, even if he hasn't played a ton in the NFL, he does have some NFL experience, has been somewhat productive when he's gotten limited opportunities over the last three years. You know, that gives you something there. And so I do think this is a, a nice addition to the Falcons. And again, this may be a position, especially, you know, if Eddie Goldman's not committed, similar to what we're talking about with the offensive line, similar to what we're talking about the wide receiver position, possibly now, punt returners added to this list. You know, maybe a, a position that the Falcons may wind up addressing a little bit later in the summer and whatnot. Um, but we'll, we'll just sort of have to see how that goes. But at least at the very least, they get another body in here that you can say, OK, this guy has done it at the NFL level, even if it's been on a limited basis. And let's see what he can do in training camp. But I think Carlos Davis, you know, again, unless Eddie Goldman walks, is probably not going to make the roster, but certainly would be a very valuable practice squad guy for the Falcons this upcoming season. So we'll see what he can do this summer. We'll see what some of the other backups like Timmy Horn, um, Joe Gaziano and some of these other guys can do uh, in camp uh, and, and add some depth there on the defensive line. So uh, we'll just see how that goes guys. And of course that will do it for us here as your first listen of the day. And of course for your second listen, why not check out the locked on NFL podcast where they're breaking down what's going on with the other 31 NFL teams, you know, what's going on with Daniel Hunter, Frank Clark just got scooped up by the Broncos. What does that mean? You know, what's the latest on DeAndre Hopkins and, and where he's headed, all that and more can be found on locked on NFL uh, guys. I hope you have a, a great weekend. If you're curious how uh, my grilling went last week with my new chimney starter, it went pretty well. And, you know, I, I learned that it probably doesn't heat up as many coals as I would like. I probably should have done a little bit more research to probably get a bigger one so that I can get one that can heat up more coals. But, you know, I just had to use it twice to get the full uh, array of, of charcoal briquettes that I needed for my grilling purposes. So it worked. It worked wonders, uh, but it just maybe need to upgrade to a bigger model. So maybe I'll do a little bit more research on that or I just figure out a way to maximize this new chimney starter. But I know you guys are just as invested in, in my grilling practices as all the other things that we talk about here on your first listen. So I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. You know, if you get out there and grill, uh, you know, do your thing as well. So that's going to do it for us here, guys, on today's Locked on Falcons. Really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Till then.